Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Friday, June 17th, and we're bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. Yesterday's January 6th committee hearing shed new light on Donald Trump's efforts to pressure then-Vice President Pence. Much of the testimony focused on John Eastman. He's a former law professor and Trump advisor who literally wrote the blueprint for how he thought Joe Biden's 2020 win could be overturned. Republican co-chair Liz Cheney described a memo Eastman wrote to Trump in the run-up to the January 6th certification of the electoral vote in Congress. Under several of the scenarios, the vice president could ultimately just declare Donald Trump the winner, regardless of the vote totals that had already been certified by the states. The January 6th committee presented evidence that John Eastman didn't even believe his plan was legal. Greg Jacob is Mike Pence's former counsel. He testified about a meeting he had with Eastman where he said the scheme was clearly unconstitutional and also just a really bad idea. Wouldn't we lose nine to nothing in the Supreme Court? And again, he initially started, well, maybe you'd only lose seven to two, but ultimately acknowledged that no, we would lose nine zero. No judge would support his argument. The January 6th committee sought to prove that Donald Trump himself was pressuring Mike Pence to declare him the winner of the 2020 election, alleging that Trump was present when Pence's lawyer told Eastman the plan was illegal, but continued the push to carry it out anyway. The pressure came to a head on January 6th in a phone call between Trump and Pence that Trump's daughter Ivanka called heated. Presidential aide Nicholas Luna described what he heard Trump saying to Pence. I remember hearing the word wimp. Either he called him a wimp. I don't remember if he said, you are a wimp, you'll be a wimp. Wimp is the word I remember. And Ivanka Trump's chief of staff, Julie Radford, recalled another word the presidential daughter said she had heard. Do you remember what she said? Her father called him the P word. When Mike Pence refused to go along with the scheme to rule the election in favor of Trump, Trump was pissed. The day of the Capitol attack, he targeted Pence at the rally. And then, of course, there's always a tweet, right? Several West Wing staffers gave recorded testimony about a tweet Trump sent during the riot. At 2.24 p.m., after aides testified they had been urging Trump to call off the mob, he instead tweeted, quote, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done. Sarah Matthews, a Trump deputy press secretary, gave her reaction to that tweet in a taped statement. I said that was the last thing that needed to be tweeted at that moment. The situation was already bad, and so it felt like he was pouring gasoline on the fire by tweeting that. Donald Trump's advisor, John Eastman, did not know when to quit. The January 6th committee presented evidence that he was still trying to come up with another way to overturn the election on January 7th. White House attorney Eric Hirschman testified that when Eastman laid out another challenge, he cut Eastman off to give him some free legal advice. Get a great FN criminal defense lawyer. You're going to need it. Committee member Pete Aguilar recounted what Eastman did next. In fact, just a few days later, Dr. Eastman emailed Rudy Giuliani and requested that he be included on a list of potential recipients of a presidential pardon. He never got one. And when he appeared before the January 6th committee for a deposition, Eastman said nothing, invoking the Fifth Amendment 100 times. 
We're updating the news throughout the day, so keep checking in. Also, when you get a chance, go to your favorite podcast app and leave us a rating and review, please. It helps people find the show. Coming up, we talk about tercepatide, a highly anticipated weight loss drug. The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. WebEx enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Calendly, Gong, and HubSpot. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. WebEx, working for everyone. At a meeting in Kiev Thursday, the leaders of France, Germany, Italy, and Romania all announced their support for Ukraine's bid to become a member of the European Union. After they met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said, quote, Ukraine belongs to the European family, but Ukraine would likely need to reach a peace deal with Russia before the EU can officially begin the process. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is doubling down on his decision to not order COVID vaccines for children under five. Uh, Doctors can get it, hospitals can get it, uh, but there's not going to be any state programs uh, that are going to be trying to, uh, you know, get COVID jabs to infants and toddlers and newborns. He spoke at a press conference in Miami on Thursday. Florida is the only state not to order the shots. The Biden administration says parents in Florida will find it harder to get kids vaccines, but won't say how long the delay will be. Scientists have found a new population of polar bears in southern Greenland. They're being described as genetically distinct from other groups, having evolved over hundreds of years. And what's interesting to researchers here is that these bears are able to survive without Arctic sea ice, which was thought to be essential for polar bears. Instead, they've adapted to make do with freshwater ice from the island's ice sheet. The findings were published in the journal Science. The Golden State Warriors are NBA champs. Last night, they beat the Boston Celtics in the Garden, no less, to clinch their fourth championship in the last eight years. Steph Curry was named the finals MVP. If anything, it proves that the Warriors dynasty is intact, even though the Warriors had the worst record in the league just two years ago. The team was hobbled by injuries and lots of people had already written them off. At the beginning of the season, 538 said the odds of the Warriors winning the championship were one in 1,000. Drake dropped a brand new album last night. Honestly, never mind is his seventh studio record. Talk about low-key, a pair of Instagram posts shared last night gave fans a very brief heads up, and really it was the only promotion he needed. The music itself is house-heavy. August Brown from the LA Times describes it as, quote, the first COVID-era dance album that actually sounds like catching a super flu at a warehouse party. Obesity is billed as a global public health crisis with links to all sorts of other health outcomes, and it fuels a multi-billion dollar weight loss industry full of diets and exercise programs. But what if there were a pharmaceutical option, a treatment that could help our bodies shed pounds by itself? Rachel Hosey is a senior health reporter here at Insider specializing in fitness and nutrition, and she's been reporting about a new drug called tercepatide, which apparently can do just that. 
Tizepatite is an obesity drug that you inject once a week, made by Eli Lilly. And it works by targeting two hormones that are involved in maintaining healthy blood sugar levels and sending fullness signals to the brain. And in a large study, they found that people who took the highest dosage lost about 52 pounds in 72 weeks, Mm. which is 16 months. And the placebo group only lost five pounds during the same amount of time. And it's interesting because all of the participants in this study were instructed to reduce their calorie intake by 500 a day, which is generally what's encouraged as a way to lose weight at a sustainable pace around maybe one pound a week. So only losing five pounds on average in that 16 month period suggests that people struggle with adherence to that calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. But perhaps the ones taking tizepatide found it easier in some capacity. You've written about the tensions between weight loss, the healthy at any size movement, and the pushback, you know, and fat phobia. How do you imagine an effective weight loss drug will fit into what can already be such a toxic atmosphere? Yeah, it's a really, really tricky debate because on one side, you have people who are in part of this healthier every size movement who say weight loss should never be encouraged. And at the other hand, you say actually being overweight is linked to a lot of health problems. And we shouldn't just be thinking about aesthetics and toxic beauty standards and toxic diet culture. Mm-hmm. There is a health aspect to it. And that's not to say that people who are in larger bodies can't be healthier, stronger, fitter than someone who is actually in a healthy weight range of BMI. But on the whole, there are links between being overweight and having these other health issues. So having that more medical perspective could actually reframe the way people think about weight and sort of take it back to health and get rid of all the other things people think about when it comes to weight. And it makes it so much more about the body and not just your own personal will, right? People take drugs to deal with depression. They don't just decide to be happy. And the same can be said about weight loss. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's an unfair idea to say, oh, it's just calories in, calories out, and it's the same for everyone, because it's not. There's a lot of studies that show that people have different weight set points, different appetites, different hunger levels. Some people do find it a lot harder to lose weight. Some people gain weight a lot more easily. And although ultimately weight management comes down to managing your energy balance, there are still a lot of confounding factors. So if some people can get help through a treatment like one of these drugs, that could be pretty groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. Rachel, I do want to be conscious of our listeners who might be dealing with or have a history of eating disorders and might be triggered by hearing about, you know, a quote unquote, miracle weight loss drug, right? Yeah, this is kind of always an issue with writing about weight loss as well because you you want to try and frame everything in the context of what's right for one person is not right for another because while there are some people who need and would do well from advice around how to lose weight healthy and sustainably without cutting out any food groups without damaging their relationship with food there are other people for whom 
hearing about weight loss is not what they need to be healthy and they need to learn to mm-hmm. eat more and and re- and think of food in that way and and it's really difficult in a world where on the one hand you've got messages saying do these things to lose weight and on the other hand you've got people shouting don't lose weight it's damaging your relationship with food and your body but the fact of the matter is is there's no one size fits all there will be some people who to be healthier could do with losing weight and there are some people who to be healthier should gain weight or eat a bit more or stop restricting their diet and over-exercising. So it's really difficult. Rachel Hosey is a senior health reporter here at Insider specializing in fitness and nutrition. Rachel, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Make sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Rebecca Ibarra. And Dave Smith. Carrie Donahue is our executive producer. Andy Bowers is head of audio at Insider. And we had extra help this week from Rob Gunther. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. 